Can't decide between a luxury ocean cruise or a river cruise for that next vacation? Join us as we highlight some of the differences of each. And as always, if you enjoy this video, please like, subscribe, and turn on all notifications so you get notified each time we post. My guest today is Sherry Marsh, owner of Cruise Holidays Land and Sea and Sherry Marsh Travel. Sherry is an award-winning travel agent based in Raleigh, North Carolina, and has been wowing her customers in Raleigh, North Carolina, and around the country since 2007, specializing in luxury ocean and river cruise vacations. Hi, Sherry. Welcome to RTE Travel Doc. Good morning, Ken, from a rainy Raleigh. <laughs> Well, I, I'll trade you, trade your rainy Raleigh for a little bit of snow. I was going to say the rest of the country is experiencing some pretty hefty snow this week, so we'll take the rain. Sherry, it's great to have you back with us today. Today, we have a question from a subscriber. They're trying to decide between stepping up the luxury and either going with a small ship luxury cruise or opting for a river cruise vacation. Now, I know you specialize in both, so I thought you could give our viewers and listeners a brief overview of luxury small ship ocean cruise versus perhaps a river cruise. Well, they're definitely two different animals with a few things that are the same. First of all, let's start with the uh, let's start with the luxury small ocean first. Okay. And I said small because by definition, well, there is no definition of luxury. Luxury is what you perceive it to be. What you find the value to be. For some people, luxury means that everything is included, that their, their drink packages, their gratuities, their excursions, uh, anything they want to do with maybe the exception of the spa is all included. That's what some people's definition of luxury is. Okay. Other definition of luxury might be that they are on a, an extremely small ship like Sea Dream with 100 passengers or Windstar with 150 passengers because they see a luxury value in every time you walk on and off the ship, somebody knows they know your name. In fact, both of those ships know your name from day one, and I keep thinking they must study them at night before everybody gets on because there's no way they know everybody's name the very first day. But but they do, and they welcome you aboard, and, and you don't feel like you're a, a mass. So some luxury ships, just you know, for the record, do handle up to 2,500 people. But you asked in particular about small luxury ships. So by definition, that's probably going to be under a thousand people. Okay. Uh, a river cruise, though, is going to be at the high end, 150 people. So we'll we'll segue back to that again, but just so you understand the comparison. You know, if we're talking about the, if we're talking about Europe, we're talking about the Mediterranean, I have found that uh, ocean going small ships are great for introducing you to a country. You're, when you're sailing on an ocean cruise, you're only hitting the edges. You're not really getting into the interior. By going on an ocean cruise, you get a chance to, maybe spend a little time in France and a little time in Spain and a little time in Italy and a little time in Greece. And it gives you the notion of, well, I really liked this or that. This would be better to go back and see some interior a la the river cruise. So again, we'll segue back into that. Ocean cruises, because most of those ships are bigger, might have uh, some of the amenities that people are used to on the 
big ocean liners. They might have a, a big spa area. Well, most of them do. They might have a large fitness center. They may still have a small theater They with productions that go on in it. They have maybe a couple of specialty dining restaurants. Uh, it really depends, again, on the size. Are we talking 150 people? Are we talking 1,000? But they still have those amenities that the people are used to from their very large cruise ships. So that's one of the things that I try to ask people when they first talk to me is, what are you really looking for? Do you still want a cruise experience or are you looking for a cultural immersion experience? Because on the flip side with river cruise ships at 150 passengers, and they can only be so wide, so tall and so long because of the locks, they do have a spa, but their spa is generally one massage room. They do have a fitness center, but it's generally one bike, one treadmill maybe some weights in the corner. So nothing elaborate, nothing fancy, just enough to get you by. That's not enough for some people. That's not what some people want. But on the counter side to the large ship that's just going along the edges, you're immersing yourself in the culture on a river cruise ship because when you pull up to a to a port right. on a river cruise ship, you are in some cases, you're walking straight from the ship right into that city. You're you're right there. Or you can bicycle to the next little city. Or when you float down the river a little bit more, you're still only a little ways away and you're still in Germany. So there's that that is a, a complete difference as far as what you can do with ocean versus river. All river cruise lines include a daily program that includes shore excursions. When I'm talking to people about river cruising, one of the things I like to stress to them is if you're like me and you're in a high high stress, uh, time-consuming job, when you get on a river cruise ship, it's kind of like follow the bouncing ball. Listen to the cruise director every night at five o'clock during half the hour where she describes what's he, she describes what's going on the next day. Make your decision, put on your audio box, follow the bouncing ball, come back to the ship for lunch, don't come back to the ship for lunch, hang out for a while, don't hang out for a while. But it's just, it's really, it's a no-brainer. Before you get on an ocean ship, not all of them include excursions. So you're pre-planning what you want to do. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're reluctant. Maybe you need to hear a little bit before you plan it. Or some ocean cruise lines do include your excursion. So again, they're more of a follow the bouncing ball and get in and out of shuttles and cars to go into different cities. For example, Rome. The port of Chittavecchia is 90 minutes from, from Rome. So again, how are you about buses? If you're like me and you're not a real fan of buses to get you from point A to point B, then that might not be for you. That might not be the right product for you. There are there are likenesses, but there are definitely very distinct differences. And both offer great opportunities to see different perspectives of different countries. You mentioned, Sherry, a lot of things that we see today, people are kind of looking when, they, when they're thinking luxury, they're thinking all-inclusive. Right. So if you were to compare a river cruise line with a luxury small ship line. Are they truly all inclusive or how do how do they how do they vary, Sherry? They vary cruise line to cruise line. And that's one of the things that's why I started prefacing that from the very beginning. There are only a couple luxury lines that do include your shore excursions. Most do not. In fact, the two that I mentioned in the very beginning, the two very small ones, they do not include your uh, excursions. One of them doesn't even include your drink packages and your Wi-Fi. You can upgrade to that 
type of package. And I insist that my luxury people do because that's what they're looking for. They don't want to have to show their card every time they do something. They don't want to have to pull something out of their wallet. They want to be able to walk from their stateroom and get what they want and not deal with the ins and outs of, of what you expect on a large mainline ocean cruise. But but it is not a uniform distinction with luxury that shore excursions are included. In fact, top of mind, I can only think of three. Regent, Silver Sea, and Viking Ocean. So Sherry, you talked er- you talked earlier about size. In term in terms of passenger complement, you mentioned on a small ocean going ship, three fifty to a thousand is considered small. Um, least amount of passengers that I know on a luxury ship are hundred. Oh wow. That would be on Sea Dream. Actually they okay. are hundred and ten. They're hundred and ten passengers to a hundred crew. You know, for the benefit of our viewers and listeners, Sherry, why is that important? You know, again, let's let's go back and the best thing I can do is compare to a large mainstream cruise line. So most of our larger mainstream cruise lines have a six to one ratio, meaning six passengers to one crew to about four and a half, mm-hmm. four and a half passengers to one crew. To me, it's pretty apparent if you have more more crew, more more service personnel, you're going to have better service. It's like waiting in line at the grocery store. <laughs> if there's, uh, you know, 20 registers open because they have 20 people waiting on you versus four registers open, you can, that's a word picture that all of us are familiar with. We all right. know what it's like to walk up to 20 cash registers open or when we walk up and there's a line because there's only two. It's the same thing on a cruise, a, a luxury cruise where you have a higher ratio of, of crew. And I'm not saying that it's that we all want, you know, somebody waiting on his hand and foot. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is it's just it's a ref- it's a refreshing feeling that most of what you would like to have can be taken care of in a very relatively short period of time. And that for some people that's luxury. I can't tell you how cool it is to walk up to a to a lounge on a river cruise ship and they look at you and they and they always try and call me Mrs. Marsh and I'm always saying please call me Sherry that's my mother-in-law. And so eventually they get it and they'll be Sherry, would you like that rosé that you love? I love that they know what I want the second I walk up. Every so often I have to be like, ah, I think maybe today I want a bourbon." But, you know, most of the time and they know that by day 2. They have figured out your ways by day two. I I happen to enjoy that. I happen to think it's nice. I try to do that for my own guests. So Sherry, as a professional travel advisor, when you're working with a guest, how do you determine that? Oh, we have lots of conversations, lengthy ones. You know, you mean, are you asking me, how do I determine that they're a luxury, that they're a potential luxury client? Well, the client calls you up and says, you know what, I want to get on a luxury cruise. Or, you know, I saw the, I saw this particular cruise on on this particular cruise line i'd like to have that you know do you just do you just say okay great uh let's get a book for you or what steps do you take from that even when people come to me and they don't tell me that they saw something that they like one of the first things that i always ask my guest is you've probably been perusing the internet i know you have been (laughs) so tell me what have you seen that has caught your eye and why and the why is the most important thing you can tell me all day long oh i saw that really cool ship or i saw this or i saw that but tell me why that one drew your eye because how many different cruise lines do we have and how many different ships do we have for every cruise line so there's a reason 
There's a reason that a person is drawn to something or a couple of somethings. Most of the time, it's a couple of somethings, and they're trying to sort out the differences between them. And that's the easiest job for me because I know my cruise lines and I know what they include or don't include. Because most people who who are cruising on luxury have cruised before, and they're moving up. And there's a reason that they're moving up. They might be moving up because their children are gone, and they don't have to worry about paying for five people anymore. They may be moving up in their career and they feel more comfortable in having that price point. Again, that's another question. Why are we moving up? What are we looking for? And that helps choose a product quite often too. When people think about trying to make the decision between a small ship luxury or, or a river cruise, does demographics enter into it? Like, you know, who do you find on a small small ship and who do you find on a river cruise, Sherry? Ama Waterways tells me that the median age right now is 48 on their river cruise ships. But I am going to say that they're a little jaded on their answer because they do have ships that they allow um, Adventures by Disney Mm-hmm. to use a couple times of year. So they're obviously factoring in those uh, younger set that are going on the family cruises. But I'm going to say that I've definitely watched the age demographics of river cruise ships step way down. Definitely over the last few years, I'm definitely putting uh, mid 30s and early 40s easily on these ships. So the demographics on small luxury ships are pretty much the same. They they tend to skew to us to that not old, but a little bit older, more discretionary spending, nobody, no, no, nobody at home, empty nesters. There's definitely a younger demographics and a younger set of demographics on them as well. Younger people have it, and I don't like pigeonholing anybody, but have a tendency to go more towards the small luxury because again, they're used to those amenities the fitness center, they want the fitness center, mm-hmm. They maybe they enjoy the theater, maybe they're looking for a casino. Most small, smaller, thousand or less, most of them do have a casino, albeit some of them are this big. Windstar has a casino that has uh, one poker table, one blackjack table, that's it. That's, that's all it has. Even Sea Dream has a one table, blackjack table right next to the piano bar. So you can be listening to the piano man and playing blackjack. There are no casinos on river cruise ships. And that's a vital thing that I have to tell people who that's something that's important to them for their nighttime entertainment. My biggest way that I get people to move over to river cruising is really to explain When they come to me and they tell me, hey, Sherry, I want to go to Germany. I want to go to Munich. I want to go here. I want to go here. I want to go here. And they've given me four cities and they've given me nine days to do it in. And I have to explain them how many times they're going to have to pack, unpack and schlep their luggage. And once we start having that conversation and I get that, "Mm, I don't think I like that. It's an easy segue into a river cruise where it's unpacking once and you're going to see most of the same exact area and things that you just asked me to plan for you in a custom itinerary. Though. So that's interesting. Basically, a river cruise is a great way to see uh, a number of European cities that aren't necessarily close together, but you're all going to be without without a lot of transfers and packing and unpacking. 
Yep. And then if we take it over to the small ship side, small ships have the advantages of getting into unique destinations and ports that perhaps some of the mega ships probably can't. Would that correct. be a fair assumption? That is correct. The best example of that is Greece. The mega ships can really only go to two, maybe three. And when I say mega, I'm talking 2,500 and up. Mm-hmm. They can really only go to two or three stops in Greece. Where if you are on Windstar or Azamara, one of the smaller ships, they actually can do seven of seven cities in on the Isle of Greece. And some of them are little cities that I A can't pronounce and B don't know much about. But I don't know much about them because they're not wildly popular or accessible like Santorini. Everybody knows what Santorini is and where it is and what it's all about. That's because most ships can get there. But these, and, and again, there's a difference between a 900 passenger Azamara and a 150 passenger Windstar on what they can access as well. So you'll see very different itineraries when it is a smaller, and again, stepping down into even smaller luxury line. And I'm doing that with a lot of my guests right now. I have a lot of guests that are, are married to their favorite. They're married to certain cruise lines. They love Regent. They love Silver Seas or Seaborn. And I'm trying to get them to go down to maybe Sea Dream or or Windstar, they're able to do some unique things that river cruise lines are able to do too, because they are not trying to do it for 900 passengers. Sea Dream has a specialty uh, event that they do with their Caribbean cruises, where they actually have a private beach in Van Jost, and they serve caviar and champagne on a Uh, on a surfboard, they come out into the water and they serve you caviar and champagne all you want for, you know, two hours on end. And that's one of their splash things that they do. That would not be easy to do with 900 people. No, there'd be quite a lineup. (laughs) You think? (laughs) So that's interesting. And fun. uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So tell me, if you had to pick three on the small ship luxury that you most recommend to your guests, what would they be? Yeah, that's a hard one. Obviously, I've already said the words Windstar many, many times. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason why I like Windstar is they have a couple of options within their own cruise line. They have three sailing yachts. And if you haven't been on a sailing yacht before, there's to me, there's nothing more magical than when you are in port and you're getting ready to leave and they throw up the sails. They play a very very special song when they do it and it gives you that um I've got goosebumps it gives you that really like ah I can't believe I'm doing this they also have a big barbecue their big barbecue is up on deck they uh grill filet mignon and lobster and they have crab filled avocado and they bring all the crew out and they play music and everybody dances and they feast but they also have motorized yachts as well they have three motorized yachts. I believe they're 350 passengers. I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. So they're a little bit unique too, because they have a little more of those amenities that we talked about. Maybe the sailing yachts don't have the capacity for. So I, I love Windstar. I love Windstar that they have really unique itineraries. I love how Windstar treats their guests. I've been on Windstar. So they're one of my go-tos. Another one is Viking Ocean. While Viking Ocean is amazing, it is all-inclusive. 
with the exception of spirits, they do exactly what they do with their uh, river cruises, wine and beer for lunch and dinner. Uh, spirits are extra, but everything else is included. Your Wi-Fi, your shore excursions, and they operate just like a river cruise. So it's been a real easy transition for me to take somebody who's fallen in love with river cruising and put them into Viking Ocean because they understand exactly how that whole scenario works for them. So they just feel like they've moved into a product that treats them the same as a river cruise and is able to go other places that a river cruise ship cannot go. So that would be my second. And my third is my third is when I really have to put my listening ears on and pay attention to my guest because I, I have those people that are definite regent people because they like that little bit bigger ship. They like those amenities. I have one gentleman who's six foot eight. And he likes Regent because they're the only ones that have a king size bed for him. So it's those little, little nuances that tell me who, who to look at and, and listen to itinerary. So, you know, it's, it's a little different, but Seaborn does an amazing job. Silver Sea, Silver Sea is a, is a very unique product. Azamara does an amazing job. They have Azamara night where they take everybody off the ship and they do this amazing presentation in one of their ports for the evening. People rave about that. So that, you know, that might be a clued in thing for me. So I don't really have a, a third absolute on that one. So basically, basically, it comes down to listening to, to yeah. your guests and what they're, people have different what they're focuses. looking for in an experience. Yep. Yeah, people have different focuses, different things. And sometimes it just flat out comes down to itinerary. So, Sherry, what about the Riverside? If you had to, if you had to pick three that your guests enjoy the most? Uh, my number one go-to is, is Ama Waterways. I have never met an organization that is more intimately connected to their employees. And if you don't believe that kindness and love starts at the top, then you need to study Alma Waterways. Their three uh, co-owners are three of the nicest, most respectful, loving, giving people I've ever met. And their organization runs just that way down to the next level and the next level, right down to the people on board the ship. And that is reflected on what they give my guests. And that is reflected on how they treat me when I'm bringing them my guests. And all of that works together to having complete confidence when I put somebody on Alma Waterways that is going to go 100% successful. My second go-to is Avalon. Avalon Waterways has one of the coolest, they call it a suite cabin I've ever seen. I love the way they have a panoramic suite. Um, you throw back these the set of three sliding glass doors, they pocket into each other and you feel like your room just went right out right out into the into the river and right over to the guy who's bicycling, you can pretty much talk to him. The way that they make that room just come alive when you throw open that door is amazing. And very spacious, spacious, spacious rooms. So they're the other one that's my go-to. I have never had an issue with Avalon. I like the way they run their organization too. They're part of the Globus family of brands. You can tell by their shore excursions that they've been doing land tours for a long, long time. They're a really good one too. My third one is a little more complicated. It would probably be Talc. Uniworld and Talc both are amazing products. Both of them are totally all-inclusive. I mean, from your transfers to all spirits, all wine, all beer, all the time. There is nothing you ever have to pay for except the spa. 
on either talc or Uniworld. Talc, however, is probably the highest end, most luxury that you can do. They distinguish themselves in my book by the excursions they offer. Sure, that's wonderful information. Do you have any advice for our viewers and listeners that are looking to book a small ship luxury cruise or a river cruise now now or in the near future? I think the biggest um, advice I'm going to give you is when you're when you're looking online, you still should talk to somebody who's been either on them or who works with them all the time. You're not going to really get the flavor for what the ship has to offer or what it's like by reading the written word. Talking to a travel advisor, I think one of the first things that you should probably ask that travel advisor before you even start a conversation is, do you specialize in luxury? Because there is a very big difference. Also, I think you can't be afraid when you talk to a travel advisor to articulate what you find value in. And I can learn so much by listening, but some people think that if they hold back, that you'll you'll tell them what they want. Fitting you to the right product doesn't work that way. I don't want to pigeonhole everybody. Not everybody is a talc person. Not everybody's an ama person. Not everybody, not everybody would be comfortable with 100 passengers on, on Sea Dream. That's not their idea. So you have to articulate what is what is it you're looking for in luxury and what is the value in it for you. And once I have a good clue of that, it's a process and it needs to be a process, a good communication process. And I guarantee you that if you can articulate to somebody who has knowledge of these different lines, you'll be on the right product. Perfect. How do you stay current on all this, Kate? We as um, travel advisors, we have to stay current and they give us the opportunity to stay current with them through a, a lot of training. But really for me, the most important thing is touching and feeling the product. I think you probably realized when I was talking about river cruises that I have been, I've been on seven river cruises. I've been on AMA, I've been on Avalon, I've been on Uniworld. I have toured a Talc ship. I've toured a Viking ship. I am talking right now to Scenic, who's a real up and comer right now that I'm very, very interested in. They know that I love river cruising. And so they're trying to bring me on board one of their ships. And I and I will, because that's part of how I can convey to you what the difference is. By the way, they are a full butler. So I'm really interested in them because they have a, they have that little difference that a luxury client might be looking for. I make it my business. I usually cruise at least once a year. And when I cruise, I either try a new product or a new destination. I try to go to resorts at least once a year. When I do, I stay and I tour. And I try to go to a new um, location that I've never been to once a year. So I try to do at least three trips a year. In fact, next week, actually in five days, I'm supposed to be boarding the brand new Virgin Voyages Scarlet Lady. Um, I'm excited to get a chance, an opportunity to um, get to know her. If folks want to reach out to you about a luxury ocean cruise or river cruise, what's the best way to get hold of you? For me, my office is 919-747-9996. Um, email is often a great way to start. It's smarsh at cruiseholidays.com. You can also look on my website. There's a, a contact me on there too. Virgin Voyages. That sounds really interesting. We'll have to have you back 
to okay. regale okay. us with all of your adventures. Are you up for that? We'll do it. All right. Sounds like It'll a plan. So Sherry, with that, I'm just going to wish you safe and happy travels on all, all your f- future cruises and adventures. May the wind always be at your back. And I hope to see you on a Lido deck real soon. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Ken. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye now. And that about wraps things up for today, folks. A very special thanks to my guest, Sherry Maris of Cruise Holidays Land and Sea. I'll leave her contact information in the description if you'd like to reach out to Sherry about a luxury cruise or river cruise. If you'd like to reach us, you can send a question to questions at realtravelexperts.com, visit our website, realtravelexperts.com, or simply leave a comment. We always respond. And as always, If you enjoyed this video, a like, subscribe, and a ring of the bell is certainly appreciated and helps us to spread the word. So until next time, happy travels.